With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So right when I had just finished college, I was living in a one-bedroom townhouse slash split. I met a guy on Plenty of Fish and at the time, I wasn't exactly smart about my online digital footprint. It's not like I've really changed, but at least now I'm not as ridiculous as I was. Anyways, he seemed like a really decent guy. He was really good looking, he said he had a good job, nice teeth, and he looked like he really cared about his personal health. Pretty much all the things that I would typically look for in a guy. I'm not a shallow human, but I really like to be presentable, and if I'm with someone, I would like them to care about being presentable in a business environment also. After about a week of chatting online, we agreed to meet. We had met at a restaurant that was downtown, which was really far from where I lived. Right when I got there, I had noticed him standing at the door. We sat down to eat, and the evening went really great. At the end of the date, we said bye, and I got into my car and began to drive away. I realized right away that he was following me. Because of the distance to my house, I wasn't immediately scared because it's a really big city. Maybe he'll turn off the freeway or something. But he didn't. My exit was coming up and I decided not to take it. I just kept driving. I circled the entire city on the freeway and he stayed right behind me the whole time. I was really starting to panic a bit, so I decided to go to my friend's house instead of mine and when I pulled out of the exit. I noticed that he didn't, so I had a little bit of a moment to breathe and I just decided, okay screw it, I'll just go home. I took the off ramp back onto the freeway and began going back to my exit. I got home and showered and was getting ready for bed. I started feeling really dumb and I started thinking things like, was that really him? Am I overreacting? Maybe I should ask him if he was following me. Pretty much just a number of things racing through my overactive imagination. Or so I thought. I decided I was going to message him and just say, Hey, I had a good time tonight. Good night. And right when I started typing, all of a sudden a message came through to my phone of a picture of my car right outside my house. I nearly died upon seeing that. My heart jumped out of my chest and I started shaking. I didn't know what to say and he then texts me and says, I didn't know you lived across the street from me. Now, I've met my neighbors before, and not once have I ever met him. There's a huge apartment complex kitty corner to my townhouse, so maybe that's where he lived. I don't know. I popped up and I went to go look outside, and there he was, just standing there outside like he was waiting for me. I opened the door and he asked if he could come in and if I still wanted to hang out. I told him I was really exhausted as I'd rather just crash out as it had really been a long day. The very next morning I woke up to go to work and my windshield had been smashed, my car was keyed, and my bag two tires were completely slashed. As I was noticing the damage to my vehicle, the guy comes out of his car with two coffees and is like, Oh, I thought I'd surprise you with a morning coffee. So again, I'm totally freaked out. 
I called the cops and I reported the damage to my vehicle. The guy offered to drive me, but something in my gut was just telling me not to get in his car. So I called my boss and I told him about the situation and I explained that I wasn't going to be there until after the police came. This guy just hung out the entire time, by the way. When the police finally got there, this guy was acting really suspicious. He walked away and he started hiding on the other side of his car. I filed the report and the police basically just told me that they hope I have insurance right as they were on their way to leave. They pulled around the corner and all I heard was the siren and then the cop car's lights turn on and then the cops screamed. Freeze! Put your hands in the air and get down on your knees! I turned to look and the cop has his gun drawn on this guy and the dude's on the ground getting arrested. I spoke with the cop after he got into the back of the car and he explained that he was wanted for stalking, breach of probation, assault with a deadly weapon, fraud as well as aggravated assault. I was absolutely shook. It took me a couple of days to get over the hypothetical situations that could have happened to me. About a week later, I was on my way out the door to work, and guess who was sitting right in my driveway? We live in Canada, so essentially you're released on conditions until you go to jail. I told him that I was late for work, but that I'd call him when I was done working. I never went to work that day. I went and found a new apartment in another area of the city. I changed my phone number and I hired my friend's husband and his friends to go pack my apartment up and move it to their place for about a month, and then move it to my new place because I was just so scared this dude would follow them while moving. So yeah, that's my scary story about the first time I used plenty of fish, and I'm never using it again. A couple of years ago, I was on this dating site where I had matched with a police officer. I thought that his dog was cute, and I figured this was my opportunity to finally pet a canine police dog. I was quickly disinterested though after listening to him complain about his recent divorce. I don't recall the details, but I remember that it was very apparent that he was the problematic person in that relationship. I was also really grossed out by how he fetishized me for my big sloppers, tattoos, and my colorful hair. I was very upfront and I told him that I wasn't interested and that he was setting off some major red flags for me. He begged me to give him another chance but I just said no and I blocked his number. Well a few days later, I had got a knock on my door at around midnight. It startled me so much that my heart actually dropped into my butt. I looked out my peephole and I see a stranger holding food. It's an Uber Eats delivery driver. I tell him through the door that I didn't order any food, but he said that someone else ordered it for me and that he knew my name. I asked who ordered it and he said a name that I didn't even recognize. I tell him that I don't want the food and I give him the directions to go to the dumpster to throw it out, because at this point I have no idea if he's actually from Uber. Later on, I'm going through my dating app matches and I realize it was the cop's name. I go through my blog messages and this guy had texted me a lot. The last text said, I really hope you liked your dinner. I decide that it's probably best that I unblock him so I can keep an eye on what he's saying to me, just in case I need to be worried about my safety, or if I'm gonna need to go buy some bear mace to drop a cop. A few weeks later, I'm at work and I get a call from a number that I don't recognize. I answer though because I assume it's a new client. The voice on the other line then says, Hey Rachel, I'm at a Starbucks across the street. What's your drink order? 
Uh, who is this? I don't think I have you in my appointment book. I said, assuming it's a regular and made a scheduling error. He says his name, and again, my heart drops right into my butt. How the hell does he know where I work at? I ask him how does he know where I live and work at, and he explains that he did a reverse image search on my photos from my dating profile. From there, he found my social media and my Yelp page for my salon, then looked up my address from there. I tell him that I'm calling his station and I'm going to be reporting him for stalking, and if he ever comes near me, I'll consider it a threat and I'll be ready to physically defend myself. I'm not kidding. After all that, he still actually begs me to give him another chance. I hang up the phone, call the police station he works for, then complain. They won't even let me email screenshots of my creepy texts from him. I could just tell nothing would be done. The lady on the phone literally said, Oh, I'm sorry. He's going through a lot right now. Literally treating it like he's the victim here. He mostly left me alone after, but I was really so scared of living alone for the first time in my life. I have a semi-popular meme page on Instagram with about 8,000 followers. I sifted through and I actually found about 5 of his accounts. I blocked them and I just moved on. Now, this was all several years ago, but all these memories came flooding back when I had noticed a familiar profile photo on an account who commented on a post. I must have somehow missed an account of his when blocking. I had posted a photo of me holding two big tunas that I had caught on a fishing trip, and he commented, God, I really wish I was one of those fish. I'd love to know what it's like to be held by you. I mean, what a damn creep. Thinking back on this now, everything happened in such a whirlwind, I don't even know where to begin. I guess a good place to start would be meeting my brother's girlfriend, who I'll call Sarah, for the very first time. By the time that they had been dating for a couple of weeks, I had seen her in passing a couple times whenever she'd come over, but her and my brother, who I'll call Isaac, would always go right up to his room, so I didn't officially meet her until mid-April of 2019. Isaac had told us that she had been too nervous to meet us up until this point, fearing we wouldn't like her. Which I understood, but at the same time, I was really eager to meet the girl who had all but taken over all of Isaac's attention. I mean, he was like seriously glued to his phone talking to her all the time. So when Isaac had told me that we would finally get to meet her, I was both excited and intrigued. Sarah lived about 20 minutes away, and usually she would take a lift to the house where my brother and cousins lived, and her and Isaac would do whatever it was they did all day in his room. But on this particular day in question... She informed Isaac that she didn't have enough money to take a lift and that she would be walking over instead, which would take her a couple of hours. My brother didn't have his license at the time. Getting into a car accident with a friend a few years before this kind of delayed his desire to drive. So he offered to find another ride for her, but she declined, saying that she wanted to make a good impression on me and my mom. And I guess she thought that asking for a ride over right before meeting us wouldn't look too good. So me and Isaac waited for her that afternoon. Isaac texting her the whole time, asking her how she was and how far away she was, until she finally made it. I guess this would be a pretty good time to preface that I had already known a little bit about her from my brother, including the fact that she apparently had a really overprotective dad who would, despite Sarah being 18, be absolutely livid if he found out she had a boyfriend. He even went so far as to say that he would beat up any guy Sarah brought over to meet him and her mom. 
Well, after my brother relayed this to me and my mom, my mom didn't really have the best opinion of her. So I mean, I can understand Sarah wanting to make a good impression. So the afternoon went on without a hitch. Sarah was great, and I could really see why my brother liked her so much. They really seemed perfect for each other, right down to the tiny little details like their shared love of hats. That day, Sarah ended up meeting me, a couple of mine and my brother's friends, my dad, my other brother, and his wife and son. As far as I could tell, everyone really loved her. She was so charismatic that she got along with everyone. Although, one thing that really stuck out to me happened while we were hanging out with a couple of our friends, Max and Sam. After the initial hellos and introductions, Max had gave Sarah a funny look to which she really looked confused. Me and Isaac soon noticing and also giving Max a confused look. That's when he then asked Sarah, Um, do I know you? It's Maggie, right? He then went on to imply them having dated or hooked up or something a couple years prior to this. Now, this had only further confused the three of us because Isaac had just introduced her as his girlfriend Sarah, so who the hell was Maggie? Sarah was really quick to deny this though, and instead saying that she had a cousin named Maggie and that maybe that's who Max was thinking of, but that she had recently died. Max didn't really buy this though, still pretty convinced Sarah was the one he was talking about. Everyone just kind of brushed this off, since Max commonly got details mixed up in certain situations and just chalked it up to a mix of that and Sarah having a cousin named Maggie. Despite this, we ended up staying a little while longer. The five of us were hanging out on Sam's driveway talking about things that I don't really remember now. There Sarah met everyone else, but there's not really anything else worth mentioning that happened that night. Flash forward a few weeks and it's now late May, early June and me and Sarah had really gotten quite close. She also finally met my mom who totally loved her just like my dad did. Although Isaac was two years older than me, we had actually shared the same group of friends, but we were all drifting apart save for Max, Sam, and our other friends Will, his girlfriend Lucy, and our friend Jack who was moving away soon. So all of us had been hanging out quite often, and after one other incident between Max and Sarah, everyone was getting along pretty well. We learned a bit more about Sarah, including that she had several other siblings, an older brother and sister, a younger brother and three younger sisters, one of whom was special needs. We also learned that she and her mom had always had pretty severe issues. And in fact, her mom had actually given her an ultimatum to either get a job or that she was going to be kicked out right after her high school graduation that was coming up just in a few days. After she told my brother this and that she was likely going to have to move in with family that lived far away, well, my brother did everything he could to help her. In fact, he convinced my parents to let her move in with us. Even my grandma, who was the one who actually owned the house. Now, for some context, my grandparents were real estate agents when they were younger, and so they owned a lot of houses that they either rented out to people or let family live in them. At this time, my brother had lived with a couple of our cousins, and I still lived with our parents. So, I guess if you want to get technical, Sarah and Isaac wouldn't be living together. She'd be living with me and my parents. When everyone asked if I would be okay with her moving in, considering we'd be sharing a room together, I just said yes, even though I was quite hesitant. Don't get me wrong, I really love Sarah. She was really wonderful and she made Isaac really happy. But I mean, we had only known her for a few months and I just didn't want things to end badly because of this. 
although really her only option was to move far away with family that she barely even knew, so I just agreed. A few weeks later in late June, when my sister Isaac and I went to pick up Sarah and all her things, Sarah had warned us that her parents might be fighting and that we might end up seeing and hearing it if they ended up taking it outside, which according to her, they often did. This was because Sarah's dad didn't agree with her mom kicking her out, and they had apparently been fighting about it for weeks ever since Sarah told them she was moving. By this point, Sarah had told her parents that she had a boyfriend, but Isaac still hadn't met them yet because her dad wasn't happy about it at all, and Sarah was really nervous that her dad would actually try to hurt Isaac if they met. So all of that, and because of Sarah's strained relationship with her mom, she wanted to keep them out of her personal life as much as possible. Anyways, so when me and all my siblings pulled up to Sarah's house, we were really expecting the worst. But instead, all we saw was Sarah sitting outside of her house with all of her stuff just waiting for us. There were no fighting parents outside with her, and as far as we could tell, no one in her house was fighting at all. From the way Sarah described her parents' fights, you would definitely be able to hear it from outside. But when we got there, all we saw was total calmness. From everything she told us, it just really didn't make any sense. To be completely honest, it was almost creepy in a way. Because we were anticipating complete chaos and potential danger of Sarah's dad saw Isaac. Only to be met with Sarah sitting there by herself, all ready to go seemingly not at all affected by her parents' apparent intense fighting. Anyway, we picked her up and things went totally fine. My sister dropped us all off at my house where we had then brought in all of Sarah's stuff. So, going on through the next few months, nothing too notable happened until early November. One night while me and Sarah were up late watching videos on YouTube, Sarah was really consumed by this conversation she was having with someone over text. She had barely set her phone down the entire time. I just assumed she was texting Isaac or something, and I didn't really think too much about it. Since we were using my mom's laptop, we were sitting pretty close so that we could both see the screen, and when I looked over to ask her something, I saw her phone screen. It wasn't intentional, but considering how close we were, it was kind of inevitable. On the screen, I could see that she was texting someone on Snapchat, but that it wasn't my brother. Now, this normally wouldn't have been a big deal, but I could briefly see in one of the texts that she had apparently called this person Baby. I thought it was pretty weird, but I didn't really say anything because it wasn't any of my business, and I hadn't even seen the full conversation, so I really didn't want to take anything out of context. Still though, I couldn't get it out of my head. Until one night a few days later, I then did something I really shouldn't have done. Isaac was over and she and him were in the living room watching TV or something while I was in my room doing homework. Sarah left her phone in the room and I knew that she didn't have a password on it. And so, since I was by myself, I decided to snoop through her phone. I found explicit sexual text to that same person from only a few days prior to this and I just wasn't really sure what to do. I was honestly just shocked because I just never would have expected her to do something like that. She just really didn't seem like that type of person. I knew I had to tell Isaac though, which I ended up doing the same night. He confronted her about it and he then broke up with her on the spot. She walked out of the house crying and she walked a few houses down before sitting down on the sidewalk. It was pretty late at this point. It was at least 12.30 in the morning so me and Isaac went and sat outside with her. She didn't say anything the entire time we were outside 
but after a while she got up and walked back to the house and straight to our room. She grabbed something from one of her boxes that she, despite having lived with us for almost five months at that point, still didn't want to unpack. She then walked back outside with the both of us following close behind. After us asking several times what the hell she was doing, she said she was going to kill herself. Inside that little container she had with her was a bag full of different pills, a lighter, and some cigarettes that she really shouldn't have been smoking since she had chronic asthma. Absolutely shocked, the two of us followed her to wherever it was that she was going, pleading with her to come back to the house where we could talk about things. Consumed with trying to reason with Sarah, I didn't realize Isaac had stopped following us. Instead, going back to the house to tell my parents what was going on and to call 911. The entire time we were walking, I tried talking with her, telling her over and over that she could be as mad as me as she wanted, that she could yell at me or whatever it is she needed to do, just not this. She asked me why I'd gone through her phone like that and I really didn't have an answer. I told her that it was honestly the last thing in my mind and I just wanted to make sure she was safe. Luckily the cops as well as my mom had met us at a park about a mile away from my house a little while later and we finally convinced her to come home with us. Isaac and Sarah talked about it all a few days later and they were able to work things out after Sarah claimed the texts were from November of 2018 before they met. Me and Sarah also worked things out and everything seemed to really be fine although I was still a bit leery about the entire situation. Sarah did have bipolar depression, so she was really prone to extreme emotional responses to certain situations. But I mean, what happened that night, what she intended to do, that was the last thing I would have ever expected. And she really seemed to convince everyone else that the texts were from the previous November. But I mean, I literally saw the dates in the texts. I'm 99% sure that they were only from a few days before all this happened. Although if my brother was willing to forgive her and give her a second chance, I figured I should too. I mean, after all, she was still his girlfriend and my roommate. Come late January, Sarah had been going back and forth between our house and her parents' house once a month for the past few months for orthodontist appointments. Her and her younger brother both had recently gotten braces, and so her mom took them both to their appointments. Now, I found this to be quite strange since her mom didn't kick her out after all. But Sarah just told us that her mom took advantage of having her there for a few days just to babysit her younger siblings, so it kind of just worked out for everyone. I didn't really question it further since it just seemed like she had a really weird family dynamic or something. She was also often at her parents due to her special needs sister being epileptic, and she would often be in the hospital due to seizures. So either way, her and her mom were still going to see each other. We had never actually met her mom though, Sarah would just always go out to her mom's car whenever she would get there. But considering how awful her mom seemed to be based on what Sarah told us, I think that we were all fine with not meeting her. Well, one day when Sarah's mom was picking her up, my dad was outside watering the front lawn. And well, he walked over to her mom's car to say hello to her before Sarah got there. As they got to talking and my dad mentioned Sarah, her mom had no idea who he was talking about. Um, Sarah, my dad said. You know, your daughter? Um, my daughter's name is Maggie, she said, totally shocking my dad. It turns out that Sarah or Maggie had completely lied about her identity. She lied about practically everything about herself. She didn't have six siblings like she had claimed, just two. Her younger brother who had also had braces and her special needs sister, although she actually wasn't even epileptic. 
So I really have no idea where the hell Maggie was going all those times that she claimed to be going to see her in the hospital. Oh, and her mom never even kicked her out. She apparently moved out all on her own once we said she could live with us, and then gave her parents a one-day notice. And the part about her dad not wanting her to have a boyfriend? Well, that was a lie too. Her dad was completely fine with her having a boyfriend. In fact, he didn't even know she had one. Neither of her parents did. She told them a complete lie about who we were too. She said that she was living with one of her friends and her grandma. After finding all this out and telling everyone else about it, it made me think back on something that happened on the very first day that we met. When Isaac introduced her to our friend Max, the very first thing that Max asked her was, Don't I know you? It's Maggie, right? Max was right from the very beginning, but no one believed him. He and Maggie did in fact know each other, and because she was so charismatic, she was able to convince him and everyone else that he was definitely thinking of somebody else. Everything she ever told us about herself was just a part of one big complicated lie that even now, months later, I'm still really struggling to completely understand. I guess my whole point of all this is just to tell you to be cautious of who the hell you meet online. Her and Isaac met on a dating app, and I bet right now he's really regretting ever swiping right on Sarah. Hell, I know I would be.